Welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast, a weekly show about all things engineering, DIY projects, manufacturing, industry news, and extruded aluminum assembly. We're your host, electrical engineers, Stephen Craig. And Parker Dillman. This is episode 365. So we got a little bit of news before we jump right into the the potatoes and meat of the podcast. Uh, so May 4th, uh, we said this a couple weeks ago, but May 4th is the return of the Macrofab meetup in Houston, Texas. Um, still don't know total about, about the details yet. We're kind of focused on like the next piece of news we're about to come out uh, to announce, but um, uh, it should be a lot of fun. We're going to have like food, beer, that kind of stuff. Maybe some talks. Networking opportunities. Networking opportunities, yeah. Uh, tours of our next piece of news, which is Macrofab is moving headquarters. Um, we've been working really hard on our new facility. And like tomorrow I go to the office and pack up all my stuff so that they can get moved over there over the weekend. <laughs> oh, so, so Monday you start in the new facility? Yes, yeah. Wow, um, so, very cool. It's finally there. Yeah, so this weekend we're doing all the move. Um, we've been working really hard to like get ahead on all our customer like orders and stuff. And so that we can like, you know, basically so our customers don't lose out on their on their shipment dates and stuff. Yeah, because there's inevitably uh, inevitably a, a little bit of a downtime. Yeah. yeah, no matter what you do, there's going to be some downtime. So we've been building up to make sure we uh, to minimize how much downtime we could have. Like I was at the facility a couple of days ago, like. I did the first like full on like shop the shop air system like bring it all the way up to 130 psi over the entire building, which was mm. uh, nerve wracking, I guess. Yeah, out of curiosity, how how long did it take to get to, to pressure? Um, about 20 minutes. Okay, but that was also filling up because you have distributed air across everything. Yeah, everything. Right? Um, well, most of that was filling up the big tank. Like that tank is like, yeah. I want to say like 200 gallons plus. It's a big tank. It's like seven feet it, tall. Is, do you have it inside the building it's, or it's is outside. it now external? External tank. Oh, nice. It's huge. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and the compressor is like this big rotary compressor that I, I did all the servicing on, got it all up and running. Um, but yeah, so I had like the valve closed to the building and I brought the tank up to 130 PSI. And then um, made sure I, I, we, I made sure like, you know, the safety valves and stuff was all working. Um, sure. And. Uh, and when then when I opened up, the thing was, I was like, OK, the tank, the pre-existing stuff for this building, all that worked. But everything was new that had to test inside the building, like all the lines that we ran. And so it was like I, I slowly cracked open the, the valve and you hear the air coming in. And and Troy, who's the uh, engineering director, he's like Parker. We got we got to go because like this is like right before our big company meeting that we had yesterday. And he's like, we gotta go now. So you gotta like just open that valve up. And I'm like, just sure. Just so I just use it. <laughs> all open the valve all the way and you know slamming the whole uh, system with 130 psi. And we walked around and there was no leaks. Couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear anything. 
Um, did you did you shut that off or is it currently at a hundred? Oh, I, I shut it down. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I bled the whole system. Um, because I didn't want to leave this because we we got some more stuff to hook up. I'd rather like when we hook up the machines that the whole system is you know blown down just in case. We have like right. valve cutoffs at every single tap in the ceiling. Um, but I you know um try to be overly cautious about that so so on the manufacturing floor what are your ceiling heights is it is it large there or is it like oh yeah that the tray the tray system that i I designed and put in is like 18 feet tall or 16 feet 16 to 18 feet off the ground and the ceiling is like three times that it's like a 30 foot plus ceiling yeah, I've I've been I used to work in the building adjacent to it right out of college, um, and I've been to it before and yeah. uh, seen that. But but I didn't know if things were were different than it. So so the, the your your cable system, your tray system that you have going everywhere. Do you have that connected to the ceiling, or did you drop feet down to the ground and bolting? It, no, the it's ceiling. It's hung. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's all suspended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that keeps the floor clean and nice. Floor a lot cleaner, um, and makes it easier if we have to move stuff around and configure stuff. Like the whole um, build box room, I have to take a picture of this. Was I designed the the cable tray in there so that like because the thing about our like the like we build hundreds and hundreds of products, and it's kind of really hard to set up a line and. Um, like a line that's like that fits everything right usually you have to reconfigure all the time especially like the build box room which is like you uh some products you'll be testing first and then you put into a build box and then maybe there's like a, a a functional test or like there's programming and all those steps can happen in different orders depending on the product and so we wanted to make sure that we can configure that area in any way we wanted to really quickly. And so basically like there's an airdrop every eight feet mm-hmm. and there's like three rows of those. Same thing with like electrical drops, same thing with ethernet drops. Like everything is configurable. That you could just set the room up to whatever you need. Anywhere you need it. We, we can put in um, electrical power. You can put down, you know, the pneumatics, all that good stuff. Yeah, um, that, that 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 can get expensive, but at the end of the day, like y- you look at this years down the road, you, I'm and looking, you'll be happy. I'm looking at this like another five years, right? And yeah, how yeah. we didn't do this with the facility that we're leaving now, and how much mm-hmm. it like just bit us in the butt. Every single time mm-hmm. we needed to change something, we just couldn't change it, or it took a long time to do it. Well, th- there was air run through and some power, uh, but 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 all the all the power that we needed, there were. I, I my guess was there was probably sixty to maybe seventy percent of the actual power accessibility that we actually needed. I guess you said shop air, but me- there was no shop air to benches or anything in our current facility. No, not to benches, but you did run distributed air across the ceiling for machines. You say distributed air, 
it was like three taps <laughs> over the entire area. That's distributed. Not really. <laughs> but but no but but not individual. You're right. Like you couldn't run if uh, I had to go let's, tools at your bench. Yeah. That would well, just, let's just say if I had if our, our current place over on 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 Governor Circle, if I had to go put in a new airline, I'd have to bring the whole system down, cut the line, put in a T, yeah. and run it run it that way. Whereas yeah. I this time I'm like, we are putting in like every eight feet we're putting a tap just just to have it. I know we're gonna mm-hmm. need it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but Troy, who's you know, I said earlier, uh, director of engineering, he's been managing that whole process. He just tells me like, Parker, I need a design for this. I'm like, okay, bother me in like two days, it'll be done. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Here's 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 a drawing and here's a bill of materials. Yeah. Uh, go do how many taps do we need? Figure that out. I'm like, okay, I'll go my my cave, figure that out. Man, that's uh, from the from the customer's perspective. I think that's a a huge game changer, in a way. If you can provide like a little document that just says, you know, hey, you want to build do build box with us? Here's all the things that we you have access to. Mm-hmm. Let's say like you have some like really neat pneumatic tool that for your build box, you know, we Macrofab can, has the the t- the desk that can support we can support that. it. I can't yeah. wait without you having to supply everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to it. I mean, most most contract manufacturers will still work with you, but they have to do a lot of work to get to that point. Yeah, I mean, it's just how our current facility is set up. Like, it's it's sure we can set up air at a bench and stuff, but it's a pain in the we butt. Can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, it is a pain yeah. in the butt. Yeah. It usually involves running a a uh, a rubber hose somewhere, <laughs> like twenty feet or thirty feet. <laughs> yeah, right. And then right. and then tape it down. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but also Ethernet at every desk available. That that's great. Yeah. Well, we don't have Ethernet at every desk. We just have Ethernet every so often. And so, if we need it, you can pull it. You can get Ethernet at every desk. That's. Without just running it across the floor, <laughs> correct. Which is that's that's a, a a good thing. I mean, the current build box room is. <laughs> Tor- Tori actually just messaged me, uh, saying, "Parker, you haven't packed up your stuff yet." I'm like, "I, I know, I'm doing it tomorrow." <laughs> um, like the build box room has Ethernet in it, but it's like dangled from like the air conditioning vents at, at, at in the ceiling which is always a lot of fun hmm. but i'm uh really looking forward to like moving the facility that actually has like fresh paint so yeah it's gonna be nice and it, it'll feel fresh and it'll feel new and it'll feel like a step up, not feel it. It actually will be a. Step it will up. be a step up, um, because as much as you were at the previous facility at, on Hutchins Street before we moved to Governor's, uh, Governor's Circle, and while Governor's Circle and that was a step up, it was a step up in certain ways, and in other ways it was stepped down. I would I would say for the engineering department, 
to be in Houston, Texas and go from a place that didn't have AC to a place that did have AC was a massive that step That was up. a good step up. No, I agree there. <laughs> but it was some of the facilities honestly were aren't as good. Like the plumbing at Hutchinson Street at least always worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, cuz the governor circle backed up a few times. I mean, they had to cut a four foot by four foot concrete square out of engineering because all the sewerage ran underneath the engineering area at, at governor circle, uh, the governor circle. Building. I remember that now. Yeah. And that was, that we, that was like what early on where like Steve and I were just like, we're just going to work from home these like this week. Cause that room just yeah. smelled so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was we had a giant hole into a sewer right next to our desk. Right next to our desks. <laughs> God, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, that good times. Um, well, okay, so Macrofab is moving to new headquarters. This but there's also some new stuff with Macrofab. We have What's a that part? new website. So Macrofab.com has a fresh coat of, uh, yeah, a new fresh coat of paint. Um Actually, it's honestly a lot it, more than that, too. Uh, it's a lot more than just a freshen up. Um, I was playing around it right before the podcast. It's it's snazzy. Everything there's, about there's it is actually new. Snazzy. Um, except the content, of course. Um, Michelle and Chris Martin and uh, marketing has done a really good job uh, on that. So uh, the blog, um, all our content that we've written there and also the podcast that's there look really good now um they give us the, we have we have more resolution for like meme images too because <laughs> like every episode is a meme not all picture. of them but virtually all of them uh, if i was going to pick the my favorite thing ever absolutely favorite thing i get to do at macrofab you would probably see like the podcast order no it's actually making the image for the podcast <laughs> That is probably my favorite putting, thing. Putting googly eyes on random things. Yeah. And it's like, you know, five, ten minutes of work. But that's just... Whenever I do it, I send it to Steven. And I'm like, get a load of what, you know, stupid thing I just made. <laughs> so so I love it now. If you go to the menu on the Macrofab website and you go to resources, the very first item in there is now officially a Macfab engineering podcast page. I mean, we, we had that before, but it wasn't as prominent as it mm. is now. And so you can go there and it's all slick and it looks really nice. And yeah, so go, go check that out. And all the meme pictures are all over the place. Like here's, I just scrolled down and here's Duke Nukem on top of a schematic looking at me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, all right, I guess we're we're 15 minutes in. We should we should probably actually talk about. Well, that was the news uh, section. Some, some, that was the news section. Yeah. Okay. So so the new uh, news. First section. thing I I I found something on Hackaday right before the podcast, and and Parker's like, hey, let's talk about that. So uh, there's an there's an article up on Hackaday right now that's uh, talking about using Chat GPT in video games to support NPCs, which. For those who don't play video games, NPC stands for non-playable character. Uh, and I think this is a really interesting and cool 
idea and use for AI because in, in video games, whenever you converse with something that's scripted, like a character that's just part of a game, there's somebody out there that had to write all the text, all the conditions, all the everything that you could possibly do with that character. And so it's inherently limited somehow. Yeah, you, you but, either get to the end of the tree and it depends on the kind of game because sometimes you get to the end of the tree and the npc will just stop talking like it just doesn't respond or it just starts looping and both of them are kind right. of breaking in terms of immersion right because because eventually it, when you as the player you can get to the point where you recognize the pattern the, the circular nature the pattern and then and and eventually you get to the point where like okay i've exhausted this resource i know not to come back to it and it does break that immersion uh, but uh, the, in this article they're talking about somebody who has connected uh an npc in oh gosh what what is the game uh mount and blade to it some i don't know some medieval adventure game something like that uh where where the npcs actually access chat gpt to provide their text and so effectively it's infinite uh what you could what you could converse with npcs when you get the uh, npc to compile and run well not compile but run python yeah i, I like it like the text box shows up and it's code that they're <laughs> spitting back at you because <laughs> some people have gotten I, I, like chat gpt to like interpret python and like execute it which is insane to think about that's nuts in fact uh we i think i i don't remember who sent it to me uh, multiple people did but but uh somebody sent me some information about someone who wrangled i don't remember which ai it is probably chat gpt to to create a vst plugin which is an audio i said plugin. that to you yes Okay, yeah, you sent that to me. Yeah, they they wrangled it. I mean, it took a lot of massaging of the of the inputs, but they got the th the AI to write an audio VST plugin for uh, their their DAW system, and it and it, it basically just created distortion. But that was the purpose. Like they asked it to make uh, do a plugin. There's like a two screamer or something like that something ish yeah. and and of course it wasn't good and nobody would actually use it but it was incredibly impressive that it accomplished that yeah. like it, it the fact that it reached an end goal was i don't know spectacular all the the further put onto that uh project though if you didn't know how to build one of these plugins that project wouldn't have been successful though because the True. the chat gpt actually didn't provide one compilable code or code that even works so he would take bulks of the code and be like okay it wrote this big section this these parts just don't work so i'm going to just change those parts to make it work like how it linked together everything right. like he had to fix all that so he had he knew how these plugins worked and had to fix that part of the of the code mm. But like the part that actually was doing the the digital signal processing, he kind of tried to leave that as uh, AI driven as possible. I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. But then you you see how many hours he took to build 
build it. And he's like, it would have been faster for me just to write from scratch. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I What I wonder is, so in relation to gaming with, with AI, if you're the developer, I suppose the way you could access it and make it work is to create the conditions at which it restricts the AI. Like, this person has to talk this particular way. They're not allowed to have information, you know, that is outside of these boundaries. But when you start asking questions within any of those boundaries, then that's all acceptable. So characters end up just becoming a list of attributes as opposed to what they have to say. Yeah, what you could do is give it your writing, right? And so once the once the player reaches like the end of let's say your written your your human written content or your your no your your boutique or artisan content right uh then the ai <laughs> yeah, can like bespoke bespoke oh, i like that bespoke every that's going forward pretty much anything that's hand built or hand designed by humans it's gonna be called bespoke you hear it here first this is the uh Bespoke Macafab Engineering Podcast now. Um, the, so so the uh, that that um, NPC is so you would get at the end of its tree, and then you could like instead of it going through a list of like three of most games nowadays, basically there's like three or four maybe things it just goes on loop of saying. Right. Um, and so instead of doing that, you can just be like, okay, this was the decision tree. Shove that into chat GPT and then chat GPT will just generate stuff at the end that to kind of like to say. Though the problem with chat GPT is it doesn't get annoyed. It's supposed to be like happy go lucky, right? It's supposed to be like a positive influence. Whereas it, it certainly has a, a heavy bias towards yes. that. And if like the player is like mean to the NPC, like it would be nice if like the, like maybe it gets snippy at, at you the know, end that, of its, it's cycles. Funny, what, it, in games that, well, I guess all games are like this, but, but, but specifically like I remember playing um, Oblivion uh, Elder Scroll, Elder Scrolls, and it's very easy to get uh, characters mad at you. Like there are there are very direct ways you could choose choices in speaking, and they'll just be straight up pissed off at you. And Ch- uh, Chad GPT would would not do that at all. And, and the funny thing is, like, it, I I wrote a question: How easy would it be to break and to just get the characters talking about anything else? And I feel like it would be so easy. To, if they're just, to just break the entire system. If they're just using the chat GPT API as is, yeah. Yeah. That would be super easy. Now, what you would do is you would take the model and then you would train it against your content as well. And so that it would become like a mountain blade NPC in this in this instance. Hmm. Maybe we can have yeah. it come up with Duke Nukem quotes. I bet you could yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. No. 
I don't know. That that I'd like to see that. I think I think it I think that'd be pretty cool. Although AI uh the the call and response time is pretty slow right now. So mm-hmm. that would be a big hurdle to pass cuz you don't want to be talking to an NPC in a game and have to wait you know a minute for it to come up with just the answer yes to some question you asked it. Are you are you trying to get it to make some Duke Nukem quotes? Yeah, now? I was going to see real quick. Sorry, this is very boring right now. I'm logging into ChatGPT. Log Can in. Can you just do like a quick trial of it? No, no, oh, I no, already have an account. Have to, I just have, have to log into up. it. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just been a while since, so it's making me log in. Yes, we collect your data. Okay. Of, of course they do. So I'm asking it, what is your favorite Duke Nukem quote? Okay. See if it actually responds with anything. As a language model, I don't have personal opinions or preferences. So you pretend to have a preference. This is so stupid. You have, yeah, you have to do that quite a bit, right? Sure, if I were to pretend to have a preference, I would say my favorite Duke Nukem quote is, come get some. Yeah, yeah. That's probably like the one that is the most common, right? Yeah. That you hear. I would agree. So makes sense. That's funny. Now I'm going to ask if you wrote a new Duke Nukem game, what would Duke say? Let's see if it comes up with anything new. I I asked it to as an wait, AI wait, model. I, I don't have the ability to create video games. Pretend that you have the ability to create video games. <laughs> I asked it to write a Duke Nukem quote, and it just gave me a Duke Nukem quote. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. So it gave me five. Five quotes. New okay. quotes. Look like looks like it's time to show these aliens who's boss, which I think is actually a quote. That sounds like one, yeah. Let's well, actually, I think it's um, looks like it's time to show uh, or it's it's time to kick some alien ass. I think is actually the quote. So it actually kind of remixed it a little bit. Let's see if these sure. baddies have what it takes to take on Duke, which I th- actually think that's in the game as well. This one's good though. I've got an itchy trigger finger. It's time to scratch it. No, that's in the game too. Yeah, I think it's giving you straight up Duke quotes. Yeah, these are just Duke, Duke quotes. So, so I asked it, write a new Duke Nukem quote, and this is what it gave me. It says, I'm the king of shooters, the king of cool. I always come out on top. School. <laughs> school? <laughs> so it actually it, like tried- the last word is just school. <laughs> it, try- it was like, I need to rhyme something here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there was the fun. person who is in charge of um open ai which 
has has released this chat GPT thing is like his quote is something like chat GPT is going to like put an end to capitalism or something like that. And if it's going to be like that, then go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's some like, this is like the public facing for us peons, right? Oh, sure. And there's like some military gray chat GPT on the back end. <laughs> Millspec. Millspec. <laughs> no, if it's Millspec, it's just the same stuff, just with an actual specification document. Yeah, and 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 it's very expensive. Yeah. But you haven't here um AI dungeon master question mark. And we've talked about this yeah. a little bit uh before. And I do want to try to use so I'm it's been a couple weeks, well maybe a couple months at this point cuz I think we the last time we played Monster of the Week was right before Thanksgiving. And it's just mm-hmm. like everyone's schedule has not lined up yet to actually play. Um so we should bring it back cuz I want to Cause we're like we're at like the boss finale of like the first arc, <laughs> and I'm just yeah, like, we just need to finish. We need it. to finish that first arc. But I would love to be able to have like a because I've, I've planned like four arcs, by the way. Okay, hmm. uh, that and then there's like one branching arc that covers like all of it. Um, and I want to have like. A chat GPT. I should have like a. Well, I can't tell you because you're a player. Um, but I want to use some, like some chat GPT stuff in it. Well, that's yeah. I, I put that up there uh, to suggest that I think one great uh, situation that AI is really potentially good for is it being a dungeon master for your role playing games. I don't know. Or at least it it coming up with scenarios. It, it, it will just respond with. I'm a chat program. I'm not a dungeon master. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you have to say, pretend you're a dungeon master. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really frustrating. That's how you have to get around whatever that is in its code. That you have to be like, pretend. Because, like, you don't say that to a person, right? No. You go, hey, Steven, come up with a Duke Nukem quote. I don't go, hey, Steven, pretend to come up with a Duke Nukem quote. Pretend to be Duke Nukem and then come up with a quote. Yeah. It just yeah. feels yeah, silly. No, because humans humans catch on to context very quickly and AIs do not. Well, no, I think it's programmed to not do that. Yeah. I don't know why. It must be some kind of legal thing. Because it does seem to do it more now. Like every single time I ask it to, for like the a question or whatever, it just says that first. I'm like, this must. And, it, and when that when it was first released, it didn't do that. So I wonder if that was like it's like legalese like junk. Is that even a word? Legalese. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. Interesting. 
I thought I made up a word. Nope. <laughs> um. So yeah. Chat GPT. It's really good at coming up with just random stuff, though. It's a lot of fun just to mess around with it. That's why I was thinking for for a, if you're a dungeon master and you need random content, like I think it could be really perfect. good for like shopkeeper talk, or like you overheard something that like you walk into a bar and you and you look in the corner and the and there's a group over there talking about. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Or, or, or if if your characters go and talk to some random person, and you need to just quickly generate something, someone that or a character that has unique facial characteristics or something like that, you can have ChatGPT like design the character and describe it real quick. Yeah, I, I, well, it, it might be like if the, if the GM or dungeon master like stops for like 30 seconds to like type and hit enter and then wait another 30 seconds to respawn. I don't think that's going to work really well with the players. But if you well, pre-generate you, you could have done it. You, you yeah, pre-generate I would it pre-generate and just written all those stuff. down. Yeah, uh, yeah for yeah. sure. Because that would, that would make more sense. Because then you could generate stuff and if something doesn't work, you can just use the content later. That's, by the way, Actually, that's like the super secret sauce of a GM or, or a DM is like your players don't run across like content that you made. You just use it somewhere else. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, they don't know. But no one. Only you know. <laughs> yeah. I'll also, just generate ten different characters, and then when your team comes to it, roll a d10, and that's the one they. Yeah, that's when they talk. Yeah, to. they pick. Yeah. Now we're getting real. Yeah. Outside the bounds. Yeah. <laughs> well, the topic is Chat GPT and PC. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. I I still don't think it's. We have to see. I still don't think it's going to completely, hundred percent change everything. Remember when? Remember when the last the last time the last thing that came out. That promised to change the world, fun, the world as we fundamentally knew it. What was it? What? Oh god! It didn't do what? this, but what claimed to do this? Okay, uh, can you give me? I'm I'm coming up blank, but can you give me like a time frame? What? Like mid aughts? I want to say mid aughts. What? Hey. Internet 2.0? <laughs> like, I don't remember what. When was this? I think it was early aughts, maybe. The Segway. Oh. <laughs> no, I am not joking. When that... Yeah, just, uh, travel reinvented. No, it. that company promised to change the world on a fundamental level. Yeah, I, I yeah I remember that. I I don't know if that's it got, necessarily. It got released on. Wasn't it Good Morning America? Gosh, I don't I don't remember. Yeah, didn't didn't the owner of that pass away from a Segway accident? Pretty sure. Not the, owner, the designer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, his world and, fundamentally and changed. Se Segways now are just like you 
you they're just like tourist hauling vehicles now yeah. like you can take segway tours around <laughs> yeah but that was that was the last time i remember like i because I, I don't really know i might be wrong about this i might be 100 percent wrong now, honestly i might be actually because knowing the ego of the person about to mention i don't think elon musk has ever even said that like has changing the world i don't well no like fundamentally as you know it yeah like i don't think he's ever said that about i know he's like this will change the world but like they segway was so sure about it when it came when they before they announced it i would say i would say the three that like paypal spacex and tesla have all done more than you're you're right i would i would agree with you because paypal changed how we do digital transactions on the internet uh tesla actually made it so people would want to buy electric cars and spacex has kind of commoditized how do you say that word commod uh, commoditize made space travel into a commodity commodity yes uh but reduce the barrier well, of entry. significantly reduce the barrier yeah. yeah right um and 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 innovated how uh, in doing that innovated how how rockets return to earth and how they're reusable yes i think that's one of the biggest claim to fame yeah not think that is maybe i need to like look into that more and see if he what his what musk's claims were at the start of all those projects um i could be wrong there i just don't remember that i just remember segway being such a big deal and then it came out and it was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> I know we're beating up on Segway a lot too, but uh, I just, it just, that is like a core memory of mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I recall that also. And, but the funny thing about it is I remember even when they were fresh, everyone was kind of like, "Yeah, this doesn't seem like." I mean, it's a, it's neat. It's a, it's a, it's a novel way to get around. But yeah, okay, yeah, okay, it's not going to fundamentally change. This anything. is it. I found the video. Uh, I will post the video in their show notes. But yes, it was Good Morning America, December third, two thousand one. Okay. And I'll have to rewatch it because. I think I vividly remember for some reason this video. Yeah, because I remember yeah, I, my my. We were late to school because my mom wanted to watch this. Really? Yeah. Oh man! Like opening up a filing cabinet and dusting off that a folder in my brain. <laughs> Man, if you if you go to Segway's website, it's not like you don't even really see the what you think is a Segway. Oh, I, it's all I, like I think, scooters and stuff. I think they stopped selling that model. That one, they have others that are similar that yeah. look like it, but the, not the one that the two thousand and one model. They certainly. Oh not. yeah, yeah. It's actually cheaper than I thought it would be. The the one that is like the classic Segway is about twelve hundred dollars. Hmm. I, I frankly would have thought it would have been more than that. 
Funny enough, I've seen more people ride around on those one wheels than an actual Segway. Yeah. Those things are interesting just because getting it started seems like a chore, right? Once once it's moving, everything's kosher, right? But like you but the 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 initial movement is Well, it's uh I've ridden one. It's a lot like starting on a bike where you have to do yeah. a little push. Yeah. And so on this what it is is like it's like kicked up like think about if you like we're on the tail end of a skateboard. And then you put your foot on the front of it of the skateboard and then you just lean forward. So you kind of have to just mm. trust that it's going to go forward when you lean forward. Yeah. And that's it. That that's the trick is like you have to be like you're not going to fall forward, Parker. It's going to just go. There's, there, there needs to be some forward momentum. Yes. And then it catches up to you, and then you're fine. Yes. And it never really feels like you're going to fall over either because it it, yeah. it kicks in, I should say. That's not the right term for it. But it, like, ramps into it, like, smoothly. So it never feels yeah, like you fall forward. it doesn't just, like, impulse you into it. No, it doesn't it. impulse you into it. But it's one of those, like... If I was doing this on a skateboard, I would just face plant, right? Because right. the skateboard wouldn't move when you lean forward, and you just tumble over the front end of it. Yeah, it's 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 unnatural. In fact, man, we're all over the place with this. But but I remember I remember the first time I learned snowboarding, the the motion you have to feel comfortable with is it's it's like you're falling. You have to lean into the angle of the mountain, yeah. And you're not going to fall, and it feels right when you do it correctly, and it doesn't feel like you're going to fall. But literally, you put your weight towards the slope, mm -hmm. and then everything is fine. But it's just, yeah, it's it's unnatural. Mm -hmm. I think that's why on those kinds of sports, the younger you get into it, the like you are just going to be better at it no matter what. Like I started, sure. I didn't really ski as a kid and uh, I started snowboarding in college. I'm never going to be as good as like a kid that started when they were like eight or 10. Like oh, never. I mean, that's true. No matter so many things though. At, depends. Like sometimes like you sure like, when that kid is my age, they're going to be better at it than if I started now. But like eventually there, be, there could be stuff that if I started now, I will be able to master. I don't think I could oh, ever master, even though I like went every day, I don't think I could ever master snowboarding or whatever because it's just innately not built into me at such a young age. Though that could also just be if I did it every single day, then yes, it would eventually be become ingrained I think, yeah i maybe i'm wrong i don't there. think you're i don't think you're of the age yet where you're over the cliff of being able to gain that innate know, that, sense that sense of how how your body needs to work yeah could be maybe i'm wrong there maybe there's a study about that that we read up on Maybe you just move up here and become a mountain bum and and uh, <laughs> snowboard every day and then and then report back in like twenty years if you're a master or not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on from our Chat GPT NPC snowboarding topic. Um, 
over the weekend, I designed a battery box for my 1965 Checker Marathon. Uh, why a battery box? And why, like, so the battery on most cars, in the Checker as well, goes under the hood, right? The problem is I don't have space under the hood. Like, there's, there's a bigger engine than stock, has a turbo in there, a bunch of other stuff. It just won't fit. You've just filled it all up? It's going to be filled up. Okay. Everything. So I need to move the battery somewhere else. And usually you, when that happens, you put it into like the trunk of the car. Um, because there's, that's the, it, there's a lot of space back there, right? So I put it in the trunk of the car. Uh, but instead of doing it like the normal way, because I always have to do it a different way, I'm actually going to make a recessed area so it doesn't take up any trunk space. Um, and so I'm like, okay, now I need to build a battery box that like sinks into the trunk. And the great thing is there's a big old gas tank underneath the trunk too. So it's not like it's going to be taking up any, basically it takes up all the other space that the battery, uh, the trunk of uh, the, uh, not trunk, the, uh, gas tank is using or is not using, I should say. Uh, so just I, the, yeah, the dead space back. Yeah. There. The dead space. So I designed a, a, a box that's going to be all laser cut out of, out of metal and uh, I can piece it all together and TIG weld it together and be all nice and good and then I will just bolt it into the floor of the trunk and it will have a lid and it'll be all great and I actually designed it to be even bigger than it needed to be because I had more space like I could put like four batteries in that spot so I'm not gonna put four batteries but I'm gonna have all that space for tools because it's an old car and old cars like to break um, the thing was the material I was going to build it out of because I, I, I thought about just using steel because steel was cheap, but it's the problem is it's a battery and even sealed batteries do develop leaks over time. And, uh, and that, that's a problem because steel will get corroded by the acid and eat away. That's actually most of the time in old cars, that's like the first thing that gets rusted away is like the battery tray will rust away. And uh, so I'm like, oh, what about aluminum? Aluminum would work great, except I still haven't really mastered how to TIG weld aluminum yet. Uh, I, I practice every so often. Like I think about like three times a month, I will sit down at my bench and try to TIG weld aluminum. And... It's getting there. And get frustrated. <laughs> it is getting there, but it's still like, oh, this is ugly. Or like sometimes it would it just be like the same material that I used last time and welded on, and it just won't weld. Mm-hmm. Like it just won't yep. break through the oxide. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing wrong. I can't break through the oxide. And then you go watch someone on YouTube and it's like they're welding mild steel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh so to get around that problem, because I, I I'm like, I could sit down and, and actually make this out of aluminum and weld it and basically force myself to learn that way. But I was like, I know how to weld. I know how to TIG weld steel and stainless. I'll just make it out of stainless instead. I just had the bling factor, right? Uh, so the, Is stainless corrosion resistant for battery yeah, acid? Yeah, it's corrosion resistant. Oh, right. Corrosion resistant enough. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Um. So uh, I got it all made at send, cut, send, 
um, out of eighth inch 304 stainless. And I'll post a picture of the box I designed on our, our chat notes. Um, but basically it's like a, it's 12 inches by 21 inches by eight inches deep. And then with just like a, a lid, um, I'm not even gonna put a hinge on it. It just has tabs all the way around it that the lid just sits on and uh, battery goes in there and just bolt, will have like a hold down that holds it into it. And then I didn't make like mm-hmm. a flange that went all the way around that sits into the, the trunk pan of the car. And then I made another flange that will actually have the threaded holes for all the screws that can go up from the bottom. So it will sandwich the trunk steel in between this, these two plates of alum, uh, stainless. And I'm hoping, mm. I mean, I did some rough calculations on like how much this thing would flex because a, ba- a battery is like 40, 50 pounds. So it's not an insignificant, and plus going to put tools in there. Um, I, I didn't want to just like it rip out the bottom of the trunk. <laughs> when you go over like a speed bump <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty certain it won't ha- that won't happen. Um, I like that. Pretty certain, pretty certain, pretty certain, pretty certain enough. Yeah. Pretty certain enough. So hope. And that actually got shipped. The parts got shipped today. So maybe by like next week, I have like a fully tigged together box. Cause I have all the filler rod and, electrodes i need for it sounds like fun you know what's funny is i used to have my mig set up where i could mig stainless but then i got my tig and i traded in my old tank of trigas for argon and uh now i can't mig stainless (laughs) yeah but you 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 have i had the proper perhaps a superior it is superior yeah. And the great thing is it's all going to be laser cut aluminum. I, I say keep saying aluminum. Laser cut stainless. And so the joints will be really tight by I put everything together. And so it'll be really easy to tack together and keep, and put it into the shape it needs. And then I can lay the bead down. It should be pretty easy. Well, and, and on top of that, uh, you know, you, you mentioned you're still practicing TIG. I, I mean, you're, you're capable for sure, but MIGS, you're Makes your baby really. The nice thing about this is it's not super critical that it's absolutely flawless. Correct. I did like overbuild the design. Yeah. And the and it's a box. It's a box. <laughs> yes. Like my test is going to be, I'll install it and I will like stand on it like in the in the box and like jump up and down and see if it rips out. That'll be the test. And if that doesn't rip out, then it'd be fine. Then yeah, it's fine. If it can totally handle two hundred and forty pounds of parker jumping up and down on it, it can handle a You're forty like pound battery. Two jumping. or three batteries, right? <laughs> yeah, just two or three. <laughs> <laughs> um and oh man, we're at fifty one minutes. So we're running out of time. So let's go right on to we'll skip your topic unless because your topic's quite long. And uh it's the CNC. And, and actually that, yeah, that works better because um, so it just just I got parts for the CNC and I'm building it. That's my update right now. Next next podcast, I'll have a better update because I'll have it actually all together. There so we we'll go. talk about it next time. Um, so the cat feeder unreminder. Uh, the schematic is complete. Um, 
it's been complete actually for like four weeks now. Um, I have a GitHub link on my website. I'll put the GitHub link in the show notes as well uh, for the schematic. The uh, and so I've been bench testing it for about that long too, and it's been working quite well. Uh, it's not fully done like on the bench. Like I'm not lighting up all the or I'm not activating all the uh, segments. I'm just doing segments. like one or two segments because that'd be just a ton of wires. But a base just testing does it provide enough power? Does it? It actually does work really well. Um, the solar power system. And so. What I did do was I designed the next, basically you would think the next step would be do the layouts. I'd be wrong though. The next step is actually doing the enclosure because the enclosure, I, the construction in the enclosure, I kind of want everything to slide together and then the, and then use the PCB to captive the solar panel in the enclosure and then put in a, a plexiglass cover over that so you can hmm. see the display in there mm-hmm. and so I, I i'll post a picture in our show notes but steven if you scroll down through the notes uh you, first you'll see the 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 battery box and then you'll see the enclosure that's, design. Saying, that's a really beefy cat feeder on reminder yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, oh, okay yeah i see that that's pretty cool and yeah. so i what and i made it so that the enclosure itself i can 3d print it really easily Basically, you would stand mm. it up on its back end, and then there's no overhangs to print it that way. Uh, everything's vertical. Yeah, so everything could be printed uh, easily. Um, so the first thing that does is basically there's a groove all the way around the, the lid of the box. That's where the solar panel will slide in. And then the PCB will have four holes in it. And then in the enclosure, I'll put some uh, heat set uh, brass inserts. And so I can thread and screw in the PCB. And then on the plexiglass side, I'm actually going to put uh, those solderable uh, inserts on the PCB. And so the plexiglass screws to the PCB because the plexiglass is just mm-hmm. there to keep you from poking the electrical bits. Right. And, uh, and so I just need to cover that. And I did all the design work in Fusion already. Um, the, there's nothing to scale yet, but all of it is, uh, I did it all through parameters. And so all I have to do is like change, like I have a variable called solar panel thickness. So I just have to measure the solar panel and just punch it in. It's designing stuff that way is so much more convenient now and faster because that whole design took me about 20 minutes to do. Mm. Cause I didn't have to sit there and like design and like measure stuff out as I designed it and make sure stuff like lined up with anything else. I'm like, as long as, you know, the solar panel is a rectangle, the PCB is going to be a rectangle, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it really simple. And you put a little bit of uh, effort up front and it pays off a lot when at the end. At the end so yeah. it, a lot of times it's, yeah, it's totally worth it. And the great thing about this design is I've been thinking about putting two solar panels into the box. I, could just change one number and I have two solar panels in the box now. Man, that's what I that my whole CNC, I found that file online and you know it was, it was a desktop CNC. CNC. And yeah, and I was just like, well, okay, this is a desktop CNC. This looks really robust. It looks like it's reasonable at larger size. Let me see. And I just said make it six feet by six feet as opposed to 
you know, two feet by two feet and bloop just pops right out. It's like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. So uh, I'll post all the, the that design too. You'll look at it and be like, the solar panel is thicker than the PCB, which doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't matter for this design. Mm. Um, I just have to go in and change the actual dimensions of everything and then it will so, print. At the end of everything, once the, the unreminder is built and uh, commissioned and in service, where's it actually going to go? Is it going to mount to your wall? Like how, what's the, how's the user? I was going to like Velcro it to the top of the, the cat food bin. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. So actually like it's the cat eats on top of like the washer and dryer. Like there's like a counter top in my utility room. And I had the food bowl up there and that way the dog can't eat the cat food. Um, mm. And so by the cat food bowl is just a big Tupperware container that has all the cat food in it. And so I'm just going to put it right up on top of there. Got it. Super simple. Unlike this yeah, project. I wasn't sure if this was going to be like a piece that hangs out like next to the clock in the kitchen and you could go and press the button on it. I didn't know what the like if this was to be hidden or out in the open. It could be both. It's not even hidden anyways. It's just it would be sitting on top of the utility uh, countertop yeah. utility room countertop. So. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. So next week we'll talk about the CNC and uh how welding a ginormous battery box wit we if if i have time to get around to it i'll also try to talk about the uh the cold welding pcb because i that's right you got those in what what really what really sucks i mean it's it's it feels like ultimate christmas but it also sucks for whatever reason there was a lot of shipping delays between a lot of different stuff that i ordered and all of my projects came to me in like the span of like two days so i got <laughs> tons of stuff like i mean my wife was like what's going on because there's packages all over the place stuff i had ordered months behind previously all came in all at once so now i'm like what do i work on i have seven pcbs here i have my entire cnc i've got all these other things that are all just i don't know it all happened at once so i for sure i'm building the cnc this weekend but if i have some time I want to build up the the uh, the the cold welder and start giving that a shot. So look forward to that next week on the Mac Fab Engineering Podcasts. We were your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy. Thank you, yes, you, our listener, for downloading our podcast. If you have a cool idea, project, or topic, let Steven and I know. Tweet us at Macrofab, at Longhorn Engineer, or at Analog ENG, or email us at podcast at macrofab.com. Also, check out our Slack channel. You can find it at macrofab.com slash Slack.